One more day. One more day for me to drive to work. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's Steph. It's a beautiful, beautiful... Oh, I think we can... Ooh, get some air and listen to the wonderful sounds of outdoors. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful afternoon on Friday. It's just before 5 o'clock. And I'm heading home. One more day. I go in Monday. And uh, that's it. That's it for me. And uh, we shall then start on the road to uh, efficiency. I was uh, staying on the board today. And I think I've mentioned it before. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we- <laughs> I podcast for like an hour and a half or an hour a day. And then Christina in the evening will say, so what did you podcast on? And I like do it in like 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. So this is the kind of efficiency that we can have when I'm not stuck in traffic and uh, killing both my time and yours. So we shall have slightly more concentrated uh, podcasts, which I'm sure won't be that bad a thing. Why not get to the essence after the uh, endless bulk of the past 740-odd podcasts. Now, for some reason, I uh, can't remember. And, I, you know, it's amazing to me that I, every morning I can't find my keys, but I can remember just about everything that I've talked about in this uh, podcast series. I'm fairly over-specialized and not particularly useful. <laughs> well, let's see how the sound is, shall we? Um, and, and this, I really do think that I have talked about it before, but I'm not sure I, I haven't done it in this way. So if I haven't talked about it before, uh, and I'm so sorry if, if I've lost track of this, um, the categorizations are coming. Um, I'm so sorry if I have, and you just fast forward a bit, but um, I will take a new tack of it, and, and if I haven't, then this will be uh, the concentrated thing we talked about before. So this guy on the board who's posted, he says, We love the Christian. We love, me love the Christian. There's some woman he's very interested in who is a Christian. And he wants to know if he should continue. And Christina said, no. The moment I read this to her, she said, no, stop right there. Stop right there. Bong, bong, I got to know right now. No, wait. Meatloaf is next week. She said, Stop. And uh, it's, it's two incompatible a value set, or rather it's one value set and one anti-value set. So Christianity is not just different values. Religion is not just different values. It's anti-values, as we talked about, uh, oh, I guess a few times <laughs> for the podcast series. So matter, anti-matter, there's just going to be explosion. And uh, so, of course, somebody, and quite rightly so, uh, alert listener, uh, posted and said, well, wasn't Christina a deist when you met her so what are you saying that uh, you can't date a christian that's a bit of a conflation uh, a deist uh, for those who don't know all of this geeky technical stuff a deist is someone who believes that there's a higher power out there somewhere at the beginning of the universe who may have started everything but it means nothing in my everyday life i certainly don't go to church you don't pray you can't worship it's as close as you can get to being an atheist without making the wrong turn at agnosticism So, when I talked about, and Christina just, she had rejected going to church when she was uh, in her teens and uh, just thought it was all nonsense. Her parents, who are very religious, said this was a you know, source of conflict and blah, blah, blah. She'd show up at Easter or maybe or whatever, right? Uh, but that's about it. And when I talked to Christina about the rationality of uh, logical philosophy and the logical inconsistencies of the existence of a god, she was like, yeah, I can see that. 
right? It, like, it wasn't, she, wasn't, she wasn't a committed Christian. Right? A committed Christian is a whole different species. For those who are watching, I know I have no hands on the wheel, but I'm going precisely two kilometers an hour. So, you might as well relax. <laughs> We're not going anywhere soon, my friends. Go to sleep. I will do a podcast to your true self through your brain. Deep inside, I will worm my way through your ear. Boo. So... It's, it's a, this is not exactly the same as a committed Christian. A committed Christian, whole, 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 whole different species. Uh, and uh, But even if Christina had been a committed Christian, I would not have dated her before having that conversation. I did actually quasi-date a woman when I was doing my master's. Uh, we hung out a lot, and she was definitely very interested in me. And I thought she was great in a lot of ways, very smart and, and funny and so on, and warm. But she was a Christian. And so we had the conversation, and I said, well... She's like, oh, she said, well, my father's an atheist. And all that happens is he sleeps in in the morning when we go to church. And, of course, I found that sort of odd, you know, sort of lonely, I think, for this guy to be, uh, I don't know, like away from his family, separate, opposite values, and so on. And that was definitely a, an offer, right? She was offering me that, you know, hey, you get to sleep in. Don't worry, I'll take the kids to church, and uh, there will be no problems with it. And I said, well... <laughs> The problem, though, is that I don't think that you can teach children that religion is true because they're just not able to understand it. And as Richard Dawkins quite rightly points out, we don't say that there's such a thing as a Marxist child. You know, say, uh, uh, hey, are you a Christian child? <laughs> Man, I am tonight. But this idea that there can be such a thing as a Christian child is, is entirely wrong and abusive. You can't have a Marxist child. You can't have a Keynesian child because they don't understand the concepts, really. You can say a child of Christian parents, you can say a child of Marxist parents, but to say a Marxist child would be ridiculous. You can say an ANCAP child, because that's how we all start. That's the state of nature. So. Oh, what a lovely breeze. Mmm, I think that's high-grade diesel. Mmm, tasty. Look, my teeth are getting yellower. <laughs> so... She said, well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be acceptable, right? She wouldn't be... And that, that of course, was a deal-breaker, right? So, sadly, I couldn't... I could, you know, still hung out with her for a while as a friend, but that doesn't work, right? So, But uh, it was a deal-breaker, I mean, because it just wouldn't work. And this was, like, for me, 12 years ago, I think. My God, could be 13 years ago. My God. And I'll tell you sort of why, my, what my thinking was about all of this, and you can hopefully find some valuable way to apply it to your own life or, or situation. The sort of scenario that played out in my mind relative to El Chico Cristiani was this. So she's going to tell the children that God is real, God is love, God is virtue, God is good, God is all-powerful, God is all-loving, and blah, blah, blah. And he's totally, totally real, and it's virtuous to worship him. I mean, obviously, that's the deal, right? That's, that's the Christianity thing. That's the deal. And what am I going to say? When my kids say, so how, how come you don't go to church, Daddy? 
perfectly reasonable question. I can't get at all upset with them for asking it. It's a perfectly sensible question. How come you don't go to church, Daddy? Say, well, there's no God. Not, I don't believe in God, but there is no God. I don't believe in God is, is a convincing fiction more for yourself than anyone else. There is no God. That's the documentary. Anything else is fiction. And they say, huh, well, there's no God. So mommy's lying to us? And what am I going to say? All right. I guess I'll... Uh, it's some pretty loud goddamn trucks rolling around here. So she's going to... I was going to say, is, is mommy li- li- lying to us? Is mommy lying to us? And I say, well, she believes that there's God, but she's wrong. Oh. Does she know that... Like, have you told her that there's no God? Oh, yeah. No, I've told that there's no God. Well, can you give us the reasons why there's no God? And, and of course, I would give them the reasons why. And they'd say, well, we can understand that. And that sort of makes sense. Why can't mommy understand that? I mean, you've explained it to mom, right? I mean, wh- wh- why, why wouldn't mommy understand that? And then they'd go and get mommy. If they're rational and healthy and well-brought-up children, right? They, they'd want an answer, right? They wouldn't be running in terror because ang- adults might get angry. They'd say, well, mommy, daddy says there's no God. So, and he's told us why, and it makes sense to us, so why do you think there's a God? I just believe, I have faith, I this, I that. And of course, with all the stabbing looks of eternal daggerdom that come towards the, uh, the husband who dares tell the truth in the face of a female fantasy, and vice versa, could be a woman to a man, doesn't matter, right? Same, same principles naturally would apply. So what then? So then the kids are looking at mommy who's angry and at daddy who is maybe defensive or whatever, right? But they realize that there is a huge opposition of values between their parents. What happens when the mom wants to take, um, particularly, I think more sons, but, you know, this is just my bias, could be wrong. When the mom wants to take, oh, I need some air wants to take the kids to church especially this the boy uh, the boy's seven or eight and he's like but there's no god daddy says there's no god i want to stay home with daddy i want to stay home with daddy i don't want to go to church it's boring i want to stay home with daddy and there's no god anyway daddy gets to stay home how come how come i have to go how are you gonna how are you gonna work that one my brothers and sisters how are you gonna how are you gonna work that one Now, if you sort of take a relativistic approach and you say, well, son, daughter, sit you down here. Mommy and daddy believe totally opposite things, but we're tolerant of each other, right? I believe there is no God. Your mommy believes there is God. And we are tolerant of each other because that's what people who are in love do. They, they, they respect differences of opinion. They respect differences of opinion. I respect that your mom believes in God and your mom respects that I don't believe in God, right? And so that's the, uh, that's the difference, and that's how, uh, how it works in our family. And uh, the kid would be like, okay, okay, so, so you have to respect what other people believe, 
Daddy doesn't believe in God. Mommy does believe in God. I don't really like going to church that much. So I'm going to say, well, I don't believe in God. And Mommy and Daddy have just said that in this family, we respect differences. We can have differences of opinion, and we will respect those differences of opinion. Mommy respects that Daddy doesn't believe and doesn't want to go to church. And Daddy respects that Mommy believes and wants to go to church. So I can choose to have my own beliefs, and they're going to be respected and tolerated. Well, not, not just tolerated, but respected, because that's what this family is all about. So then they say, you know, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to school. What are you going to do? <laughs> Good fucking luck. How are you going to deal with this issue as a parent? If you pull the relativistic card, yeah, you get yourself off the hook, but you've just lost complete authority as a parent. So your kids say, well, I don't want to go to church. I don't believe. And you say, well, you have to go to church. Well, why? I thought you said that we respect differences of opinion in this family, and you don't have to go to church. You don't believe, so I don't believe either. I want to stay home with you, Daddy. Oh, my friends. What a squalid mess this all becomes. How much you have to lie and bend over backwards and buckle under and mess up your children in order to hang on to this grim opposition of value that you and your wife have with relation to virtue, ethics, reality, integrity, logic, truth, falsehood. And when you say to a child, your mom doesn't believe, sorry, your mom believes in God, I don't believe in God, and we tolerate that difference, then what you're saying is there's no such thing as true and false. Everything is just opinion. Everything is just opinion. That's why I say you have no authority as a parent. No authority as a parent if you say that. Now, as an atheist who's married to a Christian, you, my friend, are going to dread the day when your kids say, I don't want to go to church, I want to stay home with you. You are going to dread that day. Why? Because it's going to bring all the hypocrisies in your relationship with your wife to the forefront. And you really don't want to be, you don't want to set yourself up in life. I mean, this is sort of true in every situation, right? But you... You really don't want to set yourself up in life so that another human being's integrity and perception and perceptivity become your enemy. That you dread the day when they put two and two together and make four. You don't ever want to live in that kind of rancid terror and that kind of anti-value because naturally, of course, this just completely feeds and swells the false self. You manipulate, you control, and you set yourself against truth, reality, and perception. It's no good. It's no good. Totally corrupts your personality. And, uh, of course, the guy is like, but she's cute, or I like her, or she's, you know, she likes me, and this and that. And to me, that's fine. Then, then marry her, right? I mean, <laughs> do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. But you can't complain about the world. You can't complain about the irrationality of the world and then date a Christian. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can, but it's total bullshit hypocrisy. 
And I've done it. I've dated irrational people, and I was being hypocritical totally when I did it. So this is, again, I'm not sort of standing on any high mountain here of perfect <laughs> stainless uh, purity. I mean, I've done it, and uh, I've, over the years, learned better. But you can't complain about the world, the irrationality of the world, and then data somebody who's superstitious. I mean, it just makes no sense at all. I, only put out for virtue. That's, that's really what I'm saying. Only put out for virtue. And people say, well, that's fine. You got yours. It's like, well, yeah, I got a great woman, but man, it took me a long time. It took me 35 years. And it only happened when I stopped dating the bad women. Oh, those bad women. Or, as I defined it at the time, just women. As it turns out unjustly, though statistically not irrelevantly. So, when it comes to dating, I think, I mean, unless you're in high school, I think it's worth thinking about a family. I mean, if you want a family. Or just your happiness and your integrity if you don't. I've actually met a number of people over the years who are big fans of Ayn Rand. And they really loved this whole going on strike thing, right? That all the producers go on strike. But they don't like it so much when it's the Lysistrata situation, right? When it's like, okay, so if going on strike against irrational demands and irrational controls and abusive behavior, if going on strike against that, if Francisco and Hank and John Galt and all these guys go on strike against that and give up their entire livelihoods and live as a this Hugh fellow uh, the philosopher Hugh Axon who works as a short order cook in a diner You love that. I mean, these people, they love that. They love that. Oh, that's taking a stand. I, I really admire that. Now, if excuse me, I've got a date with a hot psychic. <laughs> I mean, did you get that just how mad that is? That we admire people who will go on strike against abusive behavior. But we won't put our dicks away for 24 hours if there's a hot, superstitious chick in the room. Family is the physics of morality. Family is the physics of morality. We can't do a goddamn thing to help or change the world if we don't start changing families. If we don't start changing families. That's what defooing is all about, and that's the effect. The cause, though, is who you date, my friend. The cause is who you date. Right, dating is the cause of families, right? Everyone you have a family with, you have dated before you have a family with them. Right, we can't change the future without changing families. We can't change the world without changing families because 99.99% of people just photocopy their family experiences over and over and over again. That's why society is so hard to change. Now, other people take the route of changing society through passing laws, right? Through waving the golden gun around. That's their way or road to change uh, families. Other people don't wave the golden gun around, but lecture you interminably. And Dine Rand is one of those, and I enjoyed those lectures, and they're wonderful lectures. 
but it didn't do smack to change the world. So, uh, lecturing or pointing a gun at you, and that's how most moralists want to change the world, and I think it doesn't work. I think it doesn't work, like, really badly. <laughs> it really badly doesn't work. It doesn't work a whole heck of a lot. Because of the family. And the family is the crucible in which the values, or in almost all cases, the anti-values are formed. And until we take our crowbar to this diamond-hard biosphere of the family, which no moralist can reach into, and change it. And how do we change the family? How do we change the family? Well, every uh, joker and his leprechaun says, well, we change the family by learning to forgive and hang, hanging out with them and, and even if they're bad to you and rising above it and, and, and being good to them even if they weren't good to you and recognizing that they're human. The letter that we did last week or earlier this week or some damn time. Which is not changing the family at all. It's not changing the family. It's like pouring water into a glass and expecting that the water is going to change the shape of the glass because the only person who compromises is the, quote, moral person. But the bad people never compromise in that situation. There's goddamn wind chimes and bullshit like that. So if, if the good people have to pour themselves into the habits of bad people like water into a jug, then, of course, the only thing that's going to change shape is the water. A jug doesn't get affected at all. It doesn't change the family to compromise your ideals and forgive those who continue to harm you or who harmed you for years when you were the most vulnerable and now only don't harm you because they don't have power over you. That doesn't save the world. That doesn't do a goddamn thing. That's just people thinking, oh, I'm so good because I've given up the fight. I've laid down when somebody even looks at getting in the ring and I call myself a prize fighter. So how do we change the family? Well, the only thing that I know is, is two ways. One, get rid of the fucking assholes who are bad to you. Well, that sure as hell is going to change your family. And everyone gets that it's necessary and just, and that's why they attack you for it all the time. Somebody on the boards uh, was talking about how their, I think, brother or sister attacked them for not seeing their parents. It's like, well, he just doesn't know what's right and what's wrong. It's like, that's nonsense. He totally knows what's right and what's wrong. That's why he's attacking you, the person doing the right thing and the good thing, rather than the parents who are doing the bad and the evil thing. Everybody knows right and wrong. The stuff that we're talking about is like one-tenth of a billionth of a millimeter below everybody's skin, ready to erupt at any time. We all know right, there's this massive amount of effort this massive amount of effort that is poured into human society continually and perpetually to keep the truth at bay. It's like a massive crumbling damn wall. Right? People throw their children in to plug the holes and people stuff their spouses in to, to plug the holes and people stuff their futures and their integrity and they stuff their souls in to plug the holes all the time. But the truth is not distant at all. The truth is not distant at all. Uh, when you listen to the podcast, two podcasts ago, the big energetic one for me, the one that was draining for me, about the screenplay versus the documentary. How tough was it to figure out when I said the character's lead, lead character's name is Bob, am I right? You got it, like that. The truth is 
just so immediately available to everyone. And that's why it's so volatile, right? Because everybody's madly holding back the truth, madly fighting, holding back, suppressing the truth. The truth is like a bunch of electric eels in your pens, and everybody has to stand there pretending that. Right? So in a moment, somebody says, hey, are those electric eels? No. No, I just have a really big, sightable, sinuous penis. So you change the family by detonating the family for its moral crimes. That's going to change the family. The people say we should get rid of the government and want to hang on to their family, right? Like that's going to work. <laughs> I don't think that's going to mean anything. Well, you know, it's the abstract authority that's distant and taxes me that's the problem. The authority that makes me feel like shit every time I go over for dinner. The authority that bullies me and browbeat me and beat me when I was a child that humiliated me. That's that, that authority we can't get rid of. But I really do want to get rid of the government. That doesn't work. The other way that you change the family is before it forms. And if you can, you know, while it's uh, underway, but uh, before it forms. Right? So how do you change the family? In the future, right? You have the past and you have the future, and you defoo because of the crimes of the past. And you date rational women or rational men so that you won't have the crimes of the future. Right? This is why dating is so hard for people who defoo. Because they know that if they date an irrational woman and have children with her, their children will dump them, will defoo with them. And we get this unkind. This is universally preferable behavior is absolutely irresistible. You, you can't fight it. It is how our brains work. If you defoo because your parents are irrational or hostile or destructive and then you end up getting married to a bad woman and having children with her or just having children with her, your children will leave you. So it's a whole big waste of time. I mean, I guess unless you really enjoy raising children who, wanna, who hate you and want to leave you when they get older. Right? This is why dating is... I, I mean, I said this from the very beginning, and I'm not sure how many people believe me, but maybe they thought I was being dramatic, and I am occasionally known to be dramatic, so I can understand that. But uh, I said, uh, um, you know, don't, uh, don't fuck around with philosophy. Right? Don't mess with philosophy. Really, really, really don't mess with philosophy. It will take you down if you make it, uh, if you abuse it. So if you have all these values that say... I'm really into truth and rationality and integrity and, and all this kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah, that uh, guy in the Volvo, you know, uh, 90% of the time he's full of shit, but 10% he trips over some really good gold. Uh, or, or I think he's nuts, but I can't find that he's wrong and it's driving me crazy or something like that. Or whichever philosopher that you find has rationality and integrity and virtue and, and whatever, right? I mean, If you're going to start uh, messing around with this stuff, I mean, don't be half good, right? Don't be half good. Right? That's like being, that's like half being able to breathe underwater. It, it gets you underwater and then you almost die, right? Don't, don't be half good, right? Stay in corruption or, or be good. And I know it's a journey, and it certainly is for me, but, but don't be half good, right? Or, or don't be good verbally and then don't act, right? So if rationality and truth and, and virtue are the things that you think are valuable and I think that they are valuable, <laughs> independent of our opinions. Then if you date people who are the opposite of that, um, obviously your values don't, uh, don't mean anything to you. Right? And, and, and then your values will fuck you up. My philosophy is an excellent servant, but a fearful master. 
I know this because it stopped me from sleeping for almost 18 months straight when I fucked around too much with philosophy you think it's a tool that you can use but that's not the case it's not the case a philosophy is a predator right and you want to make sure you feed it with badness, the badness of others, otherwise it's going to turn on you. In some ways, it's a bit of a metaphor, but it definitely is a dangerous predator. That's why everyone attacks it, right? because they're fearful of it. It's a shark. It's a shark in the water. It's a shark in the air. It's a lion in the water. <laughs> so, if you don't want to sacrifice anything, for philosophy, then don't bother. Like, don't get involved. I'm, I put down the, drop the podcast, just step away, go read, some, go listen to some Candace Bushnell or something. Bushnell, whatever her name is, Sex and the City Woman. Don't, uh, don't do the value thing, because you're loosing the predator, right? You're letting the predator of values loose in your life. You can tame it and you can ride it. It's a great beast, but man, if you don't, oh lord, oh lord. Oh, heavens. It's just a, it's a nightmare. It's a monstrous, monstrous thing in your life. And uh, it will royally mess you up. Worse than if you hadn't right, let the genie out of the bottle to begin with, so to speak. So the other way that you change the family is not just by recognizing the truth of the past, which is defooing, but by choosing the past of the future, in a sense, right? Because when we, when we get to the future, we want to enjoy it, right? We want to be there and be happy. In, in, and that, that's who we build, right? That's, that's what we do now is, is the, the contentment and peace of mind and happiness that we'll have in the future. So we want to build a good future or a good house. Like we build a house for us to live in, we want to build a nice house for us to live in. And we're building the, we're building the, every day we're building the future we get to live in. Right? Every day we're building the future we get to live in. And I would say that uh, build a happy, positive, productive future. And the way that we do that, since we're going to recognize the past either way, and we recognize the past with our own families, families of origin, by defooing, and we recognize that we're going to be looking back upon our own families at some point in the future, and we do that by choosing wisely and rightly about the people that we're going to get married, and particularly those we're going to have children with. And if you don't want to do that, I mean, then you don't get this at all. Or if that's like, well, that's great, I like these podcasts, but I'm going to go club hopping tonight and pick up the skankiest hottie I can find. <laughs> well, then you just, I mean, that's great. I guess this is entertaining for you, but my God, is it ever going to screw you up? I mean, you're in the conversation now. <laughs> I mean, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. And now that you know, you know values. I mean, if you've come this far on the, you know the, you know the values. You, you've come this far on the podcast series. Anybody who gets past like podcast seventy, right? two weeks of listening or whatever, right? Okay, maybe not. Eh, three or four a day, maybe a month's listening, two a day. I mean, they can't turn back. They can't. I mean, they can turn back, do whatever they want, but they can't turn back. All right? They know, right? Now, once you're in, you know, once you have the knowledge, then you have the responsibility. You can't turn back, right? That's why. That's why I start talking about the state, right? So I didn't start with the family because then too many people would turn back before they had the knowledge. DROs are just parents. DROs are the argument against parents, right? Just, just so you know. <laughs> DROs are the argument against corrupt parenting. It's just that if I started off with people saying your parents are corrupt, they wouldn't listen. 
The false self doesn't get those metaphors, right? The false self is designed to segment and uh, separate the integrity of the mind, so it just doesn't get these connections. But the true self does. <gasps> DROs. DROs. Voluntary authority. Authority that I judge and I evaluate according to its value. Wow. That's a very interesting idea. And the false self is like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, interesting. The true self is like, wow, authority. Authority that is not imposed and inflicted upon me, but which I choose. Which I choose based on its value to me. Authority that I must participate in. That I can optionally choose. Authority that is not imposed upon me forever until I die. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, it's not the state. That's why people get so passionate about DROs. Right? It's why they say, sorry, I know this is a ramble fest, but it's why they say with DROs, it's why they say, well, there's just going to be one DRO that takes over. Right? And that's, what that is, is the cry of the narcissistic undeveloped personality that says, if my parents aren't bullying me, I myself will become a tyrant. Right. Either I am bullied or I bully. So if there's no government, I will be a tyrant. If I am not bullied, I shall be a dictator. If I am not pounded down, I shall pound down. There shall be no equality, no equals. This is somebody who's just been smashed up when they're young and has never had anybody interact with them at a level of equality. All, all, all it does is tell me exactly what their childhood was like when people say man. Uh, DROs will turn into, right? It'll just be one DRO, it'll be the government, and it'll be even worse, or whatever, right? I've just All they're doing is telling me exactly. So I put, I put forward the, the DRO theory first, right? Because <laughs> I'm talking about your family. <laughs> There's nothing, everything here is about your family. <laughs> because that's the only way we get to a DRO society, is to change the family. The status, but a petty platonic derived reflection of the family the, right? he starts in the crib and he works his way up says the state is a sub for my dad I sang relatively recently and <laughs> I mean that's why anarchistic political theory is defooing then we talked about religion right, so first I said authority is voluntary Subjugation to authority is voluntary based on mutual benefit. Mutual benefit. You like your parents, they like you. Wonderful. Have a great time. I envy you. That's wonderful. Mutually beneficial. Mutually beneficial relationships with, quote, authority. Where you are an authority as a customer and they are an authority as the DRO. Where you are an authority as an adult and they are an authority as an adult. You and your parents. There is no authority, right, in the DRO world. Just as there is no authority in capitalism. There's wealth and there's no authority. No central planner. Am I like, am I pulling the curtain back too much here? Maybe, maybe not. Probably, yeah, you guys, are, you can handle it. The grand soap opera, the grand cosmic mindfuck that is free domain radio. And then we talked, of course, about, uh, <laughs> about religion, right? We talked about religion. Because a lot of people are not uh, religious, uh, but even if they are, right, they have this belief about the virtue of religion, right? So first we deal with the, uh, Authority as voluntary, DROs, stateless society. Stateless society is just a defu life. 
And we talked about the evil of authority. And we talked about it in terms of the government. And we talked about it in terms of... Right, so I say authority is voluntary and mutual. It's DROs. And then uh, existing authority is evil. Government. And priests. And then I began talking about the family much later. But it's all about the family, right? <laughs> it's all about the family. Because the defenses that come up with, like, deflected or, or sublimated defenses can be dealt with. Direct attack defenses, uh, you, you can't. I mean, people just run away. I mean, you can't deal with them, right? So when people come firing back with me with all of the missiles in the world about a stateless society and how to deal with criminals and this and that and the other, right? Well, that's a sublimated defense of the family, right? Right. Saying that life will be, would be hell without a centralized government is saying, my parents beat me, but I would be really bad if they didn't. I'm, I'm the best I can be because they beat, they beat me. And you can deal with that because that's... An, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Right now I say, what's the family issue that's provoking this? Because I've got some credibility. And I can have that conversation without people saying, oh, yeah, well, you're just, you're just switching it to my family because you can't answer my argument about DROs, man. Because right? now I have the credibility. I can do what I always wanted to do, which is to say, what are you, right? This doesn't have anything to do with this about your family. It's not about DROs. It's not, <laughs> it's not about UPB. It's about your family. Right? But I, I can't do that without credibility, without a strong theoretical framework. I can't do that. If people would just uh, blow up and, and run away get angry, run away, and I think that would be a real shame. I have to be very, 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 very careful with this message. But you've come this far. You might as well know what I was up to, except for the YouTubers who are listening quite a bit out of sequence, which is fine, too. Getting this, getting these weapons to the true self, right? Getting these weapons, sneaking them through the gulags of the false self and getting these weapons to the true self is no easy feat. It makes uh, uh, surgery when blindfolded look like, uh, you know, fishing with dynamite. <laughs> so, so that's how we work at changing the family. Work at changing the ideas about abstract authority and start to work it closer and closer to you. And now that we're at a place where we can speak frankly and openly about what's been going on the whole time, we can say, hey, it's the family of the future that we now need to change. A lot of the people who have listened, who've come this far, have dealt with the families of their past. And magnificent congratulations, you are a noble and amazing crew. Uh, but now, my friends, it is time to deal with the family of the future. And that means don't put out except for virtue. Because if you're not willing to bypass a relationship for the sake of saving the world, and this is what saves the world. This is why we, we could save the world in less than a generation. Less than a generation. Right? If virtuous guys just stop putting out for bad women, and if virtuous women stop putting out for bad guys, the whole thing would change. About a Probably about a generation. It would take a while to spread. Look at that. We're promise keepers. <laughs> now, what is it the chest is, you think? But uh, if getting your rocks off is more important than saving the world, that's fine. I mean, do whatever you want, but the world then will just remain in, in the hell it is, and you will be adding to it. And you, you, you can't be neutral in this, right? I and mean, when you date someone, you're saying, uh, you're the best person that I can think of. 
right? And there's no possibility then that you would ever have any right to complain about the world. And you're feeding. It's like giving money to bad people and then complaining that they're bad. It's like going to buy drinks for an alcoholic and then complaining that there's an alcoholic in your life. You don't enable evil. Don't encourage evil. Don't don't subsidize evil with sperm. <laughs> you know, or uh, a nookie from any angle. Don't do it. And it's not for me, and it's not for the future, and it's not for the, the unborn who we want to live in Afghanistan. It's for you. It's for you, right? Every moment that you spend running after bad people, bad women, bad, bad men, you further harm your heart, you further corrupt your values, and you further drive away the virtuous people who might otherwise appear. The true love. Right? There is no waiting room where you can just shag random people uh, while you're hanging out waiting for true love. Because shagging random people uh, undermines, corrupts, and destroys your capacity to love. It disconnects your penis from your values. It becomes a plumb line to nothing. So it's for your happiness, right? Wait, wait for it. My God, it's worth it. Wait for it. And if it doesn't come, if it doesn't come, then at least you have lived a life where you have added to the virtue of the world and not to the evil of the world. And that's a lot to ask and whatever. I mean, it's not me who's asking it. It's, you know, you listen to yourself, listen to your conscience. But if you can't get your nookie right, don't get it at all. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>